Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. So, truth is, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I would become so many different versions of myself in 10 years. Yeah, I think uh, at 19, there was no way I thought I would have a wife or I would (laughs) have met my wife. (laughs) Not in a million years. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? We're your hosts, Malcolm and Brittany Garrison, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So... Let's rewind. Ten years ago, it was 2012. Mm -hmm. I had taken a semester off from school. Okay. And was working full time for the federal government. At the same time, you had enrolled at our school. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't been there, so we didn't meet. Yeah, that was my first year at Eastern. Uh, I was was in a different mindset. The second I walked on campus, I was angry. I don't even know why. That's that Baltimore stuff. That's real, though. Came straight from Baltimore. With a certain mentality. Mm-hmm. And I was looking to, you know, to play ball. Uh, but I wasn't even recruited to go to the school that we went to. Facts. So I knew I had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. But um, you wasn't even there. So we were in two totally different places at that specific moment 10 years ago this time. When I came back to school, fall, I mean, spring semester, you had already been there. I had gone there for two years prior, but I took a semester off. Why would you take a semester off? I took a semester off because my grades were trash. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's be frank. I took a semester off because my grades were trash. My parents were paying for school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, your grades are trash. So either you pay for it or you don't go back. So my whole um, motive for working that semester was to make sure that I can get back to school because I knew, you know, with the kind of money I was making so young, you know, having a full-time salary of like, I think it was like 37,000 a year. There was it was easy to not go back because if I could make this without a degree, then we're good technically to me. Yeah, you're right. 
But of course, I wanted to get that accolade and make it that accomplishment. So I fought my fought my way and worked my way to make sure that I can get back to school. So show up on a Sunday back on campus, ready to move in. Um, I had this knockoff. <laughs> Listen, okay, that bag that you're about to refer to. So I see you walking. So I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the what is it called? The uh, Sparrow yeah. Lounge. I was yeah. I was in the lounge, uh-huh. and you come up the steps and come through the um come through the door and all I see is this, this one this very tall brown skinned girl <laughs> and a Gucci bag and my immediate thought was she doesn't go here she doesn't even go here legit I thought you I thought you were like a graduate mm-hmm. but I did not think you went there you you look way more mature than what I had seen Right, that's the mess that threw you off. But anyway, baby, I was on my way. Anyway, this dude was so trash to me, y'all. Long story short, I asked one of my friends who was actually your roommate, Mm -hmm. what's up with your mans? You know what I mean? Uh, I need to know what the tea was on Mr. Garrison because bro was fine. Um, And so he was like, nah, sis, don't mess with him. He was one of them ones. Wait a minute, ain't that crazy though? My roommate that, first of all, I let stay. Oh my gosh. Let's not even let please don't let Malcolm go down this rapid. Listen, hole. he goes back and tells you, nah, he ain't it. Well the truth of the matter is it don't matter that he was your roommate. The loyalty was still to me. That was my friend for two years before he even knew you. Yeah, but somebody would have been homeless had I not let him in. Nonetheless. Okay. Nonetheless. He was also inquiring about me at the same time that I was inquiring about him to my roommate. And so my roommate said his name one night and I was like, yo, tweet him and tell him to pull up and tell your friends to pull up. You know what I mean? And he was fast. Long story short, he left me on red low key. He said he was coming through and um, it took him like four hours or whatever. He was sitting in my lounge watching the game. And then at like two in the morning, he kicks the door open and yeah. stands in the doorway like an angel. I was real player like. He had That he, was real player like. That was real trash. Anyway, nonetheless, let's talk about it. So that's that's how we met. Facts. We were in a no relationship for like 10 months. A no relationship is you know where everybody knows that y'all talk, but you know what I'm saying? Ain't no yeah. ain't no titles on that thing. Right. Because Mal tried to play me. I didn't try to play you. I first of all, my mind was in so many different places. That is true. One, straight from Baltimore, um, I'm looking to to rip dudes' heads off on, <laughs> on the court when it came to basketball. And then I hadn't left home yet. Mm-hmm. And this was my time that I finally had freedom. And I was from out of the nest. A.K.A. he was trying to bust listen, down anything listen, that listen. he could. I was happy to be out of the house. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Valentine's Day rolls around and we're sitting in the lounge and I'm like, you got a Valentine? And he was like, nah. And I was like, bet you mine. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to read too far into what you had said though. Cause that could be anything. You could have been hyping me up, whoever, you know, I don't know. March 17th was like our official together, no relationship situation, but we do count that as one of our anniversaries, but no, 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 no. Well, you can't talk about that. Let's backtrack to. When I asked you the first time. But that was way after March 17th. To be my girlfriend? Before we went home for break, mm-hmm. for summer break, I asked you, what are we? Like, what is this? What the so hell are we doing? you hit me with the what are we? So what are Correct. We? So what are we? And he played me like, oh, baby, nah. You know, <laughs> let's not put no uh, titles on this. Let's just, you know, see where things go. You know, let's not, let's <laughs> not make it, in, you know. And I'm like, bruh. If I go home and cut all 
my hoes off. You owe me a bunch of hoes. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why you got to keep your player because you don't know who she talking to or whatever. So, but I was willing to. I was also obviously telling you that I was willing to throw in my player card, but you wasn't. I wasn't trying to rush anything. See, see, this is the thing. I I didn't care to rush into anything, mm-hmm. and I wasn't trying to be anything for mm-hmm. a minute. And I knew once we put something on this, a title on this, things tend to get complicated. And I wasn't looking to to do that just yet. But one thing I will say, though, and I think this is why I was willing to throw in the card, was because you were very intentional with even a no-lationship. You know what I mean? We didn't have each other's numbers for pretty much that whole time that last semester. I mean, that that semester, so March, April. But you would come see me every day. You know what I mean? We would sit down. We would have conversations. We would go to lunch. We would go to dinner. We would sit in the lounge. We would have conversations and talk. So it was kind of like we were building this relationship um, and friendship, just getting to know each other freely without having that title attachment to it, which made me like, you know, I really think I like this gentleman because he's such – He's so different from anybody I've ever been with. He's so different from anybody I've ever dated or even conversed with because he was being so intentional about it without being pushy about it at the same time. You know what intrigued me about you? We sat and we talked for like, it seemed like two hours straight about literally everything. And (laughs) you was like, giving me your whole backstory and things I wasn't even asking asking for. You were, you were telling me you were open about, and it was the first time I kind of had like a, a, free flowing conversation um that you know wasn't trying to i wasn't looking at my phone nothing like that that insinuated i wanted to leave and it intrigued me i was like man shoot i mean we had a a dope conversation and i wasn't trying to do anything with that that it was like i'm like okay she's she's definitely different and easy to talk to and um that that kind of intrigued me but uh you're right we we didn't put any titles on it for a very long time. And I, I think you did really, really good in not trying to rush me into anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did hit me with that question when we had that, when we had that summer break, but you remember when I had that, that phone that <laughs> I had to look, I had Y'all, to take the you, battery like, out. This boy had the ghettoest, ghettoest, like this, poverty phone I've ever seen. He was. had a external battery. <laughs> That he would, y'all know how you charge like a camera battery? That was like his phone battery. So he was taking it out and putting his battery in the wall. He carried two batteries yes, with him. Yes, I carried two it batteries was so with me. ghetto. And then interchanged them joints all day long. Then you had that iPhone because I had an iPhone and you got that iPhone where it only worked on Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, that was my first iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. That was my first iPhone. when. So anytime I was in the dorm, I, I, would, I could text her. But I had an Android when I met you, right? And did. Wow. You actually put me on the Snapchat, though, because that was... That, that was the only way I could, could communicate. I could see him <laughs> on Snap. But, so, I mean, fast forward, our story has so many layers to it, I feel like, because we started off in college, you're talking about, at 20 years old, mm-hmm. right? And we're 29 now, we're, we're approaching 30, we'll be 30 this year, shout out to 92 babies. Yeah. Shout the out. main reason why we really wanted to really have this conversation and start the podcast was to talk about how different you become over time and the different life transitions that happen that start to shape you or they either reshape you or they awaken you. And I think uh, 
starting in college really was that pivotal point where you like you just live so carefree and you feel like you're an adult because you're not at home and you, you don't have no to bills. answer to nobody yeah. but you don't have no bills yeah. baby and when them bills get to getting life gets to life and, <laughs> and you know so we we go from college to you're in college and I'm at working um, you know, what, what was that transition kind of like? Because we were so used to being in the same space or at the same time and being on the same kind of pathway. What was yeah, that like for you? You was definitely rocking the cradle, uh, obviously with me. Uh, but for the record, Malcolm is what? Three, four months, <laughs> three months younger cougar. than me. You a cougar. I'm a cougar. Got it. Look. So, all right. So it was a different, it was a different, uh, time for me, uh, for sure, because we came from, okay. I see you every day. From the time we met, mm-hmm. we had talked pretty much every day. Definitely every day. And we've seen each other pretty every much day. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to you going and, and you graduating, you're, you're you know, in a whole different state. Facts. Long distance is hard, um, but it, it does test your relationship, I think. And for me, I was... I, I was going through so many different things. I, mm-hmm. I think w- at one point I was missing you so much. I was like, man, like, where's my support system at? She's not here. And you like was that. homeless. And see, we didn't get to that yet. So when she left, I had one year left in eligibility. So I was graduating that December coming, but I still had another semester where I had to be able to play ball. And after I graduated, I had nowhere to stay. Mm. <laughs> I had nowhere to stay on campus, so I was pretty much a nomad. And and thanks to my 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 friend, my homeboy Aaron, uh, he hooked me up. He he had me, you know, sleeping on his futon, and I was just going to practice and and eating Wendy's pretty much every day. Disgusting, disgusting, right? Yeah, I was eating that pretty much every day, and I didn't have a car at the time. But that was your hustle. The whole hustle was I'm going to forego housing so that I can get this refund check and buy a car. Correct. That that was the that was the play. But I was missing you at the same time. I'm like, man, she's not here. The person I see every day or if I have a bad game or I have a or something pisses me off in practice or whatever it is. I didn't have that person to come to at the end of the day. And what I will say is I think we kind of grew our communication better. I think we grew our communication really that first summer, even before college was over, because at the same time, we found out as we started dating that we were, well, no relationshiping, um, that we lived in the same state. So he lived in Maryland and Baltimore and I stayed in D.C. Um, in PG County. And so that meant that we were technically only 45 minutes to an hour away from each other. And I expected to be able to still see you over the summer. But literally, as soon as we got uh, home, my car broke down. My mama van, not my Oh, car. the van. <laughs> yes, the van. Bertha. The Kendrick, the it was Burgundy. Um, the Kendrick Lamar van is what I was driving. <laughs> Pushing. You laughing, but you was walking. But nonetheless. I was, I was. <laughs> but, you know, so I think that's where our communication really started to develop because all we could do was talk. Um, but we couldn't see each other. We couldn't be in the same place that we were. So I think we already had a pretty, uh, a good handle on our, our communication by then because we had been dating, um, at that point for well over like almost two years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But for me, it was different because you were still in college. So you were doing the collegiate things. You were, I'm waiting up at, you know, 12, 1 o'clock for you to go to your dorm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I got to be at work at 6 o'clock. I got to be at, at 5 o'clock. So now we're literally talking for seven seconds so that I could tell you good night because I got to get up for work in the morning. And so I think that was really different for me because I was missing you because it was the same thing. But now I'm like, are we are we too different? Are we, are we growing into two different places? Because I'm technically like a real blown adult even though I was living at my mama house but you're still in college and yeah. so do I want to be you know the girl dating a college guy <laughs> now that I'm you feel insecure about that I didn't feel insecure about it it just I, I didn't want it to be a reason why we started to grow apart because we were in two different places in life let me ask you this did you at any point in time feel like he may cheat on me on campus you know, or somebody may try him now. Try you, yes, but you cheat, no. Um, because one thing that you've always done is made me feel secure to where I never had to question anything, um, which I can appreciate because I never had that prior to our relationship. And I think this is why it is my longest and will be my only, <laughs> my longest relationship is because I never had to question it. I never had to be like, oh, I wonder what he's doing or who he's with or, you know, um, what he's doing with his guys when he's out. Like, I've never had to question that because you've never gave, given me a reason to. You've always been honest. You've always been, um, you know, just real 100 about everything. We both have been, um, you know, I mean, what did you think? I was at home, you know, where I, from whence I came. Yeah, I, I didn't think, I didn't think you would, would cheat or anything like that. Um, I just thought, would, would your heart grow fonder? I will 100% say that my heart grew fonder, especially with stuff like like my grandma died. Like, remember, we were supposed to celebrate our anniversary. I think it was like our second year, third year anniversary. My grandmother died literally that weekend, but I was heading to you. We were spending a weekend together. I was coming to visit you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up having to take a mega bus to Nashville because my oh, grandma yes, was, they, they were like, she wasn't going to make it through the weekend. And, you know, I ended up down there for almost two weeks and we never got our anniversary that year and it was kind of like i'd rather be with you i don't want to necessarily like of course i wanted to be there for my family but i don't want to watch my grandmother die and then if i gotta watch her die i don't want to watch her die by myself (laughs) you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so you know i think there's that's that's what we're talking about with major life transitions and where you start to realize like partnership and the people that are around you mean so much more because of where you want them in your life or the reason why or major moments in life where you don't even want to deal with them by themselves like you said, coming home every night was like weird because I'm used to coming home and you being there. I'm used to coming to my dorm room yeah. and you being there or, or, or me meeting you for dinner and all that stuff like that or meeting you for breakfast. And now I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, But I think that's where, you know, even when we first started talking about relocating in college before I graduated yeah, and I you were 100 percent not you with it. My first. Yes. This boy, response. And it's like he not even a mama's boy, but his response was like, At I could all. never I could never raise a family away from my mom. That's crazy. I'm, I'm nowhere near a mama's boy at all. And that was my first response. And, I, and I, when I think about it, I'm like, why the heck did I say that? I, must, I had to been scared. Nah, you knew, knew what? that you wanted to be with me forever. See, all right. First of all, we're going to have to backtrack because remember the first time I kissed you? Mike wants to tell y'all about how he asked me out three times and no, I told no, no, him no. Not that. Because that happened too. Uh, but so the first time I kissed you, it was like a goodbye kiss. <laughs> the Corey kiss? Yeah. And niggas try to say that. <laughs> 
that I loved you as soon as that happened. He I did. said, "That's no, what that's I did what that's not. what his best man, his best friend Corey. That's what he said man, at our wedding. He was tripped. First of all, I'm 19, 20 years old. I don't love many people, but me. And I did not love you then. I did not love you then. So when did you know that it you loved me? It was too soon. Way too soon. When did you know? When did I know I loved you? Uh, honestly, you remember that first day I said I love you? I actually don't want to even want to tell that story. Oh, by the trash can? It was real simple-like. <laughs> it was real simple-like, and I hate it. <laughs> it was horrible. I totally... Oh, my gosh, y'all. What, did we, what were we even talking about? We were arguing because I you wanted me to come watch you hoop. You okay. Know, it was an open gym. It was an open gym, and I was killing niggas. Okay. Let's be honest. And I'm sitting on the sideline um, eating Chipotle. And there's this guy that, you know what I'm saying? This guy that I messed with one Here time in life. Here, no, first of all, before you start that, before you get into that, this is what used to piss me off, being with you. What? Is that it's not that, like, first of all, you let's be, you, you didn't talk to a lot of people. Correct. But somehow, people that you talked to would pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> like... And I'm like, what the hell is this? Why do niggas that you used to talk to keep popping up? Now that I couldn't control. Now that one we about to talk about, the one we're talking about, the one we're actually talking about, though, I know what you're talking about. We'll get into that, y'all. There's so much that we're going to unpack in this season. It's going to be ridiculous. But the one moment that you're talking about in particular, this is somebody that I had known my freshman year. Like, we came in together. Now, why he came to open gym that night, I have no idea. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no clue why he was there. But the truth of the matter is, long story short, you know what I'm saying? He says to me, all right, Brent. Malcolm loses. I lose my ever loving mind because hold on, this is the thing. Oh, he said I it was, was all right. Look, I was dapping dude up. We was hooping, but but you can't act like cool. You didn't. We was but, cool. No, but Malcolm. But, and then I hear that. But, you used to talk to him. I, no, now no, no. I want to throw you, hands. No, I'm from Baltimore. He's lying, point, and I have a whole no, different no, no. mentality. I'm a different person around this time. Nah, Malcolm. First of all, I want first of all anybody no, that came around me. Chill, bro. What you have to understand okay. is that you're saying it as if you didn't know prior to that. You knew. Uh, there's no. There's way. no way that you would have got that upset for him just saying, "All right, Britt, there's If you no didn't know who way he was. I would have known who that was, and we would have hooped and do wouldn't have left limping. There's no way around that time, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna let him lie. I was so mad that I don't even know if we talked. No, we are we yet we yelled the whole way to your dorm room. I cursed and out. He made the, me in sit in his lounge while he went this, and took a shower. This the where he comes out. That wasn't actually the first time. That wasn't the, no. Yikes! That's the problem. That's, that wasn't the first time. That's the problem. <laughs> no, the other time was that was on that bus. Anyway, yeah, y'all, we get into too many times. Yeah, we did. And that, but he was opening my doors and all that while he was yelling at me. See, it's crazy. Yeah, because Shivery never dies, but. It's like one of them door. You open the door like real mad. <laughs> and like, another thing. Yeah, it's like and you slam the door hard as Jacks do. But you was, you know, I do appreciate you for still being who you are. But anyway, nonetheless, we go to your dorm room. It's cold as Jacks, and you make me sit in your lounge while you take a shower after you hooped and come out this shower. And he's just regular now. Now he's like, "All right, cool. You ready?" And I'm like. <laughs> I'm confused. Like, what What do you mean? Am I ready? Like, I'm trying to figure out who the hell this guy is now and what he, he done washed away his sorrows in the shower. <laughs> I don't know how guys do that where you just like, you go away for five minutes and you come back and now you're some other dude. And this is the thing. We walk back and then he's like, you know, I'm pissed. 
I'm extra pissed because you you're are happy. Ma- you are mad. I'm you even mad. more pissed because you're happy. And so now we're having this conversation, and then we get by these dumpsters, <laughs> and your boy broke down and he cried. <laughs> <laughs> He broke down and he cried. Because I know somewhere deep down in my heart, I still love you. I did. Oh my god! I don't believe I cried. I don't believe. I really don't believe I cried. cried. You cried because you said you don't like that moment. You don't like even bringing up. It was very simple. Like, but I don't even know why. I was so. Anybody ever cried when they so mad? So, but you said you wasn't mad no more. I had to rethought that. I had to rethought because this is the thing. Guys don't hold on to things very long, especially Sagittarius. We don't hold on to things very long. We we assess the situation. Mm -hmm. First of all, first of all, you got my mouth before. Like I cursed you out prior to. Oh my god! So I released a lot of things then, and then when I took my shower, decompressed, thought about some things. I'm like, you know what? I really don't care because we really don't. And I come back out, and I'm over it. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's most of the time how we operate. Okay, but get back to the dumpster and how you loved me. All right, I said I love you, and that was the first time. That's when I knew. That's when I knew. I, because I was that mad, that's how I knew I loved you. Could not believe it. The biggest <laughs> simp I had ever been that in my entire simp. life was that moment. You weren't a simp, babe. You it pissed just, me off. You were just in love, and that's okay. okay. But you know, nonetheless. So fast forward, I graduate. You graduate. Um, now we're figuring it out. Life post grad. Um, mm. You were still hooping, and but once you were done, you know, it's pretty much a move. I was working my last job with the. Mindset that I'm getting, I'm getting up out of this, Joe. I'm moving to Atlanta. Um, you can come or you don't have to, but we'll figure something out. But I'm out of here. And um, you decided to join me. And I think that was one of the best moves that we ever made in our lives. Like, um, I think really when we that I think that's version three of us, like version three is the relocation. Mm-hmm. Um, you started working and I was pursuing entrepreneurship. I was working in the music field. You were working at Enterprise. And I think. One of my favorite moments about that is really learning ourselves, learning the level of sacrifices that we were willing to take. Um, one with relocation, but two, you know, you were willing to work to make sure that we were set. We were, you know, we were good while I figured me out. Cause I tell people all the time, I was what you call a entrepreneur. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business. I knew I wanted to do stuff with music. Cause that's what I always had done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know what I was going to do because I didn't have a network here. I didn't, I, I had a couple friends, but I didn't know what, what was my career field going to be. And I was in school for, I was in grad school at the time and everything like that too. And so, you know, when you kind of took that on, I think those were one of the moments, like I already loved you, of course, this was long gone in in college and all that. But I think when I really started to understand that I wanted a future long-term with you was when you were making those kind of decisions saying, you know what, babe, I got you. I got us. You go figure it out. And that's where, you know, I found our, our business and started to do network marketing and, you know, I think my my real reason for wanting to win with it was because I had to I felt like I had to honor the sacrifice that you were making doing something that you didn't choose to do or that you didn't want to do um just so that I can kind of figure me out. So I mean, well, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
also true. That's how. So when I went out to Atlanta, I had finally got a car, you know, because we had did the play. I did the play in, in college. Ooh, y'all, he was so proud when he pulled up on me. We went to Fogo de Chow that night. In that Maxima. He pulled up on me in his new car. He took me to Fogo de Chow. Took you out. Oh, he did. He was rich. I said, come on in, you know? Uh, But that journey getting to Atlanta, that was, you know, it was one. It was a journey. (laughs) The reason why I wanted to get a job, uh, one, to get experience, Mm -hmm. um, but also I knew one of us had to take some time to figure life out. Right. Like you had been working for some time at that point in time yeah. anyway. Five years. Five years. So you had some work experience. I didn't really have any work experience. And and I was you know, we'll share why and stuff like that, you know, later. But uh I didn't have any work experience, so I needed to get out there and get my feet wet in in, in the workforce. But I also knew that money was running out quickly. Time is drawing nigh. So, so when you say money was money was drawing money was running out, um, you know, just to add some context to it, you know, like he said, I was working the whole time, right? So I had been working for the government for five years. I started when I was eighteen, and I stopped at twenty three. But my whole goal for moving to Atlanta was to save twenty thousand dollars to move before I moved. So, you know, we were pretty much living off of my savings, and of course, y'all know like that. It was dope. You know, it was a great thing to have done. I was very proud of it. But you all know if you out here living on your savings with no income coming in, because I was 100 percent working at a free internship. You know what I'm saying? But when you're doing that, oh, it, it, it gets out of there. Quick. I had my thoughts about that free internship, too. But oh, my gosh, here we go. Money was was running out. My money was running out and I didn't have much when I got there. I really went there with half a car because it was a whole car till you got here. It was. It was summertime in Atlanta. Hashtag a lemon. A lemon for sure. It was ha- summertime in Atlanta and the the AC goes out. The second I get to Atlanta. Super summertime, like May. The AC blows out. So I'm like, oh my God, with black leather seats. <laughs> so, I mean, at that point in time, I'm like, man, I got I to gotta find some money. We got to get some money quickly. And thank God we only been there, what, a you had a job a within a month. Yeah, you were working in June. Yeah, so it was my last resort. It was my last resort. Yeah. And, but it was really hard to get a job at that point. So I took the first thing. And, um, yeah, no. Facts. It kind of it sustained us for, for quite a while. Very long time. For a very long time, it sustained us, um, thankfully, you know. No, for sure. And I think, like I said, you know, one of my biggest reasons to want to make what I was testing out, trying out, and just entrepreneurship in general really work was because you were making a very serious sacrifice for me to try things. And I don't know if everybody always has those luxuries, you know what I mean? Like um, to be able to really figure out what it is that you want to do, how you want to do it, who you want to become. And so, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this business. I've never done stuff like this before, or I've never seen anybody that's made money doing this, but um, I'm going to because... I want to get him off this job. And I think in that that time, but you know what I'm saying? You was out there hustling. That's how you bought this ring. Yeah, I bought the cash because I was definitely hustling. I was doing legal stuff. You were. But I was out here. Out definitely. here. I was not trying to. See, my whole goal was not to have to make payments. No. I was not getting in debt for the ring. That was kind of my, my whole goal was don't get in debt for this ring. Find a way to pay for cash. So I did that. But um, let me ask you this. When you saw me, you know, take that sacrifice, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, for me, 
it was a sacrifice, but not really because I knew I wanted to make, you know, keep us afloat. Right. And keep us stable. Mm-hmm. But did you then know that, okay, he he's serious about me, wants to marry me and stuff like that? So here's the thing. I told Malcolm that day when he said we had that first long talk, he had five years. I have... I have issues about that. I understand that. And it's okay to have issues about it, but I'm not going to act like I didn't say it. So I knew you knew that you were also on a, on a clock, but, um, a clock for, see, this a my clock thing. for what? I don't know. I can't, we can, we can put this on the list as something we can break down and, yeah, and discuss, you know what I'm saying? What? But I don't want us to get off track. And, but the thing was, I knew at that moment, that you were willing to do whatever it took to make sure that we were good. And, you know, I I read something, I think growing up where I heard a saying where they say like you marry people that are like your parents. And I, I grew up in a household where my father took care of our family. My, both my parents worked, but I literally watched my father make sure we were good. You know what I mean? I watched him, you know, work two jobs when thing, when my sister was born, and they needed some more money. Um, or when my mom couldn't work and my mom had lost her job, my mom was pregnant with me. You know what I mean? She um, she had to quit her job because she was so sick during her pregnancy with me. And so I've watched my, da- my dad like having to do what he had to do to make sure we were good um, over the years. You know what I mean? Like and. Um, you know, he had a wonderful job for the majority of my, my life. So, you know, I, I saw that. And when I saw that in you, it was moments and moments like that where I was like, okay, he, he's willing to do what he has to do to make sure that we're good, whether it's something that he wants to do or not. And so again, I, I don't think that, let me not say, I don't think that I don't hear a lot of women that have that other side of the conversation though, where it's like, you know, sometimes people will say, if he's willing to do that, then I'm good. I'm going to just wing it or I'm going to just live off that or we'll be fine as long as he does this. But I don't really often right. hear the conversation where women are saying, oh, because he's doing this, this is how I'm going to honor his sacrifice. I'm going to honor his commitment and, and run it back and give it back to you to say, OK, cool. Um, give me this amount of time or this is what I'm looking to do because I want to help you get here. When we do this, we'll get here and we'll do this. And so um, that was, I mean, I, I took a lot of pride in being able to figure myself out to the point where we could get you off of that job or you didn't have to be there if you didn't want to. Yeah, I think uh, that transition in my life is kind of where I I have finally grew up in a sense. Like this, this was the real world facts and for so long you are sheltered from the real world like let's be honest like you going from being in college 20 years old 22 years old i think when we graduated or at least when i graduated we both graduated at 22 having no bills uh everything's paid for especially if you if you're an athlete Mm -hmm. most things are paid for um to going out here to the lion's den which is the real world right and that was kind of a growing up moment for me. Like, let me step up to the plate and and show her, one, that I can take care of her and I can take care of, uh, you know, our needs and stuff like that and not have to want for anything. And I think we, we were living pretty comfortably, too. No. And then I think, you know, my, my dad ended up, um, you know, having cancer around that time yeah, that as was, well. Yeah, that was a difficult time. And, you know, I just think, I, like I said, there's so many life things that, really make you mindful of who's around you. Um, and you cherish those who are around you too. And I think going through that with you and your level of sensitivity to me as well as, and I knew when my dad didn't want to tell me 
until you were around that, okay, this person is has a lot of impact and influence over my life and even my family knows. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So I knew that though. Huh? I never knew that. What? That your dad wouldn't tell you. He would not tell me until you got off work, until you got home. That's crazy. You know, so. um, (laughs) He knew he was living together. (laughs) That's another, that's a conversation for another day too. So that was version three was the relocation, the business phase. But version four was us getting married. We got married in 2018. You proposed on my birthday, my 25th birthday. Yeah, I didn't know what else to do. That's what, what (laughs) could you give me? This is the fifth birthday we've been together. What? What? Yeah, I'm. I'm like literally racing through my head. Like, okay, I did this. I did. Th- like, f- what was the first thing I I got you on your birthday? Because I feel like for my men out there, you can't go too hard too early. I don't even remember because you'll be crash and burn. You you know you got you can't go to Roof Chris the first time and then you know we went bowling. Red Rooster the next, huh? Red Rooster, Red Robin. What that too? This one. We went bowling the first time? Yes, that was my twenty first birthday. Right, we started low. We, we went started bowling. low. Worked our way up. Um, I don't even remember if you got me a gift. Probably didn't. I I mean in college I was making fifty dollars a week. Correct. Um I really obviously liked him a lot. Clearly. Very um, broke. Very broke. Because I was coming back to school after summer with ten ten grand. Crazy. <laughs> Government workers, bro. Uh, I mean, 25, like I said, I mean, I, I just didn't know what else to do. And I was like, I mean, at this point, we had been together, what? Five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. We had been together five years. I told you, yeah, five years. I hadn't even thought about that. That was crazy. Now, I think about it. Yeah. They say speak things that be not as though they were. And then you if you speak your goals, in. you know what I mean? Yeah. You start to, you know, go ahead and speak the things that you want. Yeah, you spoke that into existence for sure because I wasn't even thinking about that. Now, you know? yeah, but I, I just felt like, I'm like, okay, we, we're already pretty much there um and might as well do it and that's when i went into full planning mode and you did a great job shout out to my bestie you know Gigi. i think getting married um that changes everything too because you're 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 really transitioning into what i consider full-blown adulthood right was you scared was i scared of getting married yeah like like did you have kofi i didn't have kofi I I think I had I was ready for that moment. I wasn't ready. I wasn't like pressed because even at that party, like people were like, "Oh my god, do you think he's going to propose?" And I was like, "No, you do." You know what I'm saying? Even that night, you know, my birthday party, you proposed on my 25th birthday. I had a party, um, and I remember people were asking me literally, and I was like, "Nah, like a hundred percent. He if he did, like that'd be dope." But I was surprised. 100%. I tried to be as cheap as possible so it would throw you off. Like, no, he would never. And that's exactly how I wanted you to think. But no, I was cold feet. No, I was ready for that moment. I was ready to be committed to you for the rest of my life. Like I wasn't what what the hell else was we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like we've been together for five years. It's obvious that we we are fond of each other. And I was ready to be committed and say that this is my partner for life and that there's nothing else. No one else never will be because I I was good and I, I mean, had been I was, for a long time. I was ready, but I was scared. What were you scared of? I was literally, it's over. <laughs> oh man, he was ready. He wasn't ready to throw in the full blown player card. I mean, guys think like like this is it. This is it. 
But it had Everything already, and so, it was already like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm I saying. Like, so how can it be? Like, how could you feel any way different? Like, it's just a. I mean, of course, there is a different level of commitment to marriage. You know what I'm saying? That's you, what I'm thinking. I, I I feel like I I was more so like, okay, it's okay. it's this is a crazy commitment. Like, this, okay. I ain't talking about just you know other people and stuff like that. Like, who cares? I ain't care about that. Okay, because that's what I'm about to ask you. Like, were you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is no. that something I need to know? In which you felt like no, you no, were. No, no, no losing out on something no i I just felt like this is a this is a forever thing yes negro you better be sure that's how i felt i I feel that i'm like yo this is marriage there's no such thing as divorce there is no such thing as divorce so you better be dang on sure and that's how you know i i just you know i mean i had a good support system too around me which is good I, I know. I think what I what I can appreciate about our friend group is that we we've all have followed like kind of the same sequence of stuff. And so like, you know, when marriage was coming around, like Tanti T actually had gotten married. That's right, yeah. But you know what I mean? They had already gotten married. I was so. pissed at him though, because I mean I'll he never did forget that, that. He did that without calling a town hall meeting. For I mean, I don't what? I was like, <laughs> so bro. That, so you felt like he was putting all the guys on watch because on he proposed he and we were us, all dating. Listen, he put us all on notice at that particular time. And anybody know if if you're a guy and you 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 know, you got a group of five people, five dudes, everybody got a relationship, whatever it is. That one dude that gets married, you just messed it up for everybody. Okay. Especially if everybody, you know, significant other knows their other significant other. You just messed it up for everybody. At this point, your time is ticking. But that was the thing. <laughs> what I can say is, although I had said the whole thing about the five years, like, I was never pressing you about it. I wasn't like, yo, no, you, wasn't. you know, you, you, you know, we coming up on five years. You know, we've been together for <laughs> five years. Hey. What you about to do? You know, I was never pressing you for it. I just was making my 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 request known. And if it happened, it happened. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't necessarily in a place where I was like, I'm going to leave this nigga if he don't. You know what I'm saying? If he doesn't, should call it your bluff. Did a year six? Okay, <laughs> yeah, you should see what would have happened. Anyway, nonetheless, nonetheless, I say that to say, you know, um, what was great about it was that you did have because I already had friends that were married. Like I, I've always hung around people that were older than me. So even back home, like you know what I mean, I had friends that were getting that had been married five, six years at this point um, because they were older than me anyway. And so I was always around people that were married. Um, but for you, outside of like your parents and like your siblings, you know, those they were like the first friends we had that were married. Yeah that we had um so i think that's dope what's been dope about our tribe is literally that is that there's always somebody who takes the the step forward right so like Corey and london they had kids first yeah. tay and tt they got married first um they became home homeowners first yeah um we got married we we became business owners um then when we had a kid and Tay and TT got pregnant at the same time we were we were pregnant. So it was like we were all kind of moving in the same sequence. Now we got Gigi and Trey. They're about to get married too. Um shout out to our tribe, man. We love y'all. Yeah, um y'all are y'all are hear from them and hear a lot about, you know, that's just that's just the vibes. But um, you know, now Trey and Gigi are getting married, but it's like, you know, you got a whole tribe of people that can kind of just surround you with the the love the the information the knowledge the questions the vibes just as married couples yeah um and I, I i love that for our group because the same thing happened you know when somebody else starts having kid you know when we had kid we got pregnant first thing we did was tell Corey and london because they were who we knew that had a kid, had kid like, you know and they actually had just had another kid 
the day we told him that just came home from the hospital. Um, so I, I, I love that. But, you know, getting married, I think it definitely put a big stamp on it. But our, our life also accelerated at that point because I feel like, you know, just me personally, and I don't know if this to be true, but I believe that when we made that covenant, you know what I'm saying? Because at this point, you know what I'm saying? We have been together for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we have been living together. Um, and so now you're talking about making the covenant before our family, before our friends, um, and before God saying that we're going to be committed to each other under this covenant, um, under the Lord. And I think when we did that, our life accelerated so quickly, um, with the things that we were doing. Yeah, and, we were in business. Yeah, together. we were in business together at this point. Before um, then, yeah. And which was a whole transition in itself. Oh my gosh. That was a whole that's that's a whole episode worth of conversation about um being married and in business together. Actually just partners in business together from dating because we weren't married when we actually started. Yeah. Um, but we were married by the time we were successful. So that goes to show a lot of stuff for me to say that, you know, I think that's what was the cherry on top for us to really start to accelerate things and um create exceptional success within our lives and you were able to now leave your job and we've been able to be full-time entrepreneurs since 2019 but then we got the new one i mean business partners were the second ones we got married uh version five yeah was business partners yeah business partners what what do you feel like being in business with your partner your spouse taught you about yourself um, or what would you say? You know, like, did you do you like it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I like it. <laughs> you better answer that right. Right. No, but I, I think it it taught me one how how to let the other person operate in what what they're good at. Mm. Like, I mean, of course, you know, you learn teamwork and all that that stuff my entire life, but to do it with your partner. I had to allow you to one. I had to to understand what your gifts were, mm-hmm. and allow you to flourish in those gifts, mm-hmm. um, and allow myself to the autonomy to to flow in what I what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And I think too many times when people get in business together and they're you know they're sleeping together too, you know they're they're partners. You you blur those lines too much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can it can become a competition, and thank God we've never been like that. Mm-hmm. It's never been a competition, anything like that. Uh, we've we've learned to grow through each other's ups and downs. We've learned how each other operates, uh, you know, and what you what you don't do well, um, you know, I pick that up. And when I don't do well, you definitely pick up. So mm-hmm. uh, you you just learn ebbs and flows. Like okay, we both can't be down in this moment. Right. And there have been times where we both were and yes. we've had to have those conversations in regards to like, yo, I need I need to pick me up or we maybe we need to get away. Or I think I think one of the major things for us when it came to being business partners and being married was that it's easy for. Like you said, the lines to be blurred where you can't kind of cut work off. Yeah. And you're always. Yeah. And this was during COVID, you know what I mean? Because. Mm. You know, for for most people, this was the first time they're like with their spouse all the time. But we had already been in that place. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And um, it was kind of being in that place where 
we were so focused on business and leveling up and because co- COVID, COVID, you know, provided such great opportunities for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, even through tragedy, because we were already in that place and kind of prepared for moments like this to be able to serve the community of people that needed something different in that moment. But um, I think it's so easy to lose yourself in the work of doing it, especially when you're married to somebody because your focus is on how do we really set ourselves up and coming from where we come from being and being together since we were kids, you know, pretty saying? much yeah. being together, you know, at 20 years old. And like you said, the $50 a week, or I was a person that wasn't good with money in college where I would come to school with all that money, but I would be, it would be super blown by Thanksgiving. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and having those conversations, but because of that, now when you're in a place where things are moving and you're, you're entrepreneurs and this is what we, this is what we came here to do. This is what we expected. This is how we expected it to be. And now you get to a point where like, yeah, but but who are you now? You remember when I when I said when when can I when can you separate the husband the husband from the business partner from the business partner? Because mm-hmm. what, what were we even? We were about? walking. We were we were taking a walk when we when we moved to Buckhead mm-hmm. um, before twenty twenty right before twenty twenty. Um, we used to take walks. Um, I think those were probably by far the best walks that we we had because there were times to where we would just walk in and decompress sure. and have conversations and I think it was in that moment where you were kind of like you know when do you shut it off and and what would happen was we would be arguing about <laughs> we'd be arguing about business but after business yes. had concluded I couldn't go back to being a wife or we Did, couldn't have you know a good time together after that because I was still mad about the business we, we would talk argument. we would argue about, about money and business oh my gosh a whole, first of all a lot about money in business always where should this money go where should that money go where should it be invested where it shouldn't be stuff like that we used to getting getting um really really heated conversations about that and like you said we would be done arguing for me like i said earlier still the same out sagittarius i i decompress think about it let it go she is all right. You banging stuff against the, you know, <laughs> he, the wall. No, you went, you know, dinner that night. She would never cook when she was mad. Hey, you better figure it out, honey. And I'm like, yo, like niggas is hungry. Like, when can you shut this? Up? Like, I understand that you're mad at me as a business partner, but I'm your husband too. Okay, so yes. your husband didn't do anything. Your business partner might have pissed true. you off. My business partner pissed me off. But what do people do when they're working? And Brenda get on their nerves. They come home and they yell at their husband about how Brenda got on their nerves. And you need to cook for me tonight. How about that? Yeah, but you know I don't cook. Well, we need to fix that, y'all. I believe that through this podcast, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> Malcolm Garrison, my husband, baby. Will not cook. Air fry. I might, I might, you know, air fry something. All right. For the record, Malcolm cooks for me for the first time. Our second Valentine's was, Day. Yeah. Them was the clumpiest <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> The mashed potatoes. The mashed potatoes. Somebody, somebody was like, "Oh, he made you cauliflower, <laughs> bro." What? That's what they said. Cauliflower. Damn. Cauliflower. Tim Joyce was not cali- bro. It was not that thick. They were for sure very thick, bro. It was steak. What it was, was it? steak. Asparagus steak. or something like that. You don't even like asparagus. It's broccoli. Yeah, bro- broccoli. Broccoli. Mashed potatoes. Not no damn mashed cauliflower, bro. That's funny. 
So sorry about that. But anyway, that was version five. Version five of us was is, you know, I think we're still kind of in the 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 flow of that. Um, I mean, we're kind of versions four through six, which is being married, business partners, and now our newest venture of parenthood. Yeah. These last ten years, um, man. We have become so many different versions of ourselves. And I think it's really important to kind of talk about it because, you know, it's really understanding that when you commit to a person or when you commit to yourself, like it don't even matter. You don't got to be in a relationship for this to be acknowledged. You know what I mean? Because as you transition through life, you become a different version of yourself. When you go from college to the workforce, you become a different version of yourself. When you move out your parents' house, you become another version of yourself. When you now start dating and you get serious and you get married and um, you become a different version of yourself when you definitely transition from your nine to five to entrepreneurship new version and i think yeah i'm only we're only on version six but we're not going to stop being new people you know what i mean i plan to be married for a hundred more years um so here we are at version six which is parenthood which is i i would say i think us 10 years later we didn't expect this 10 years ago but i think 10 year I think 19 year old us 20 year old us would be extremely proud of who we've become how far we've come and um I'm excited for 39 year old us to get to know 39 or 29 no 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 we're 29 so I can't 10 years from 10 now. years okay. from now Sheesh. you know I'm excited about Dang. that version of us because I mean I think we've done a lot in our 20s we've we've become like I said multiple different versions of ourselves but I can only imagine with what we've done and the you know just the, the personal mental emotional work that we've also done yeah to become better people through these life transitions I'm excited to see what 39 year old us thinks about today yeah I agree uh, I think these last 10 years have been uh, a roller coaster good oh, a for lot sure. of good a lot of good uh some bad but, a lot you know, of crazy you go through a lot of di- what's crazy is we grew up together mm-hmm. like when you're 19 20 you're beating around that time you're so green for sure and we had a lot of first together a lot of first together we had a lot of first together first we, time out the country you know like it's, it's first crazy. time passports first time passport everything first time living alone yeah, like we we we've been through a lot, um, transitioning through life after college and, and for like, sure even through you know even through college when we met of course but uh, I'm excited too I'm excited about this podcast I'm excited about the podcast um, we have so much to talk about y'all man listen all right so this is the part of the, uh, the show where we answer all the questions from our listeners. Uh, and see what they want to say. Yeah, we get a lot of questions from people all the time. Um, of course, because we've been in business or whatever and stuff like that. Um, but we get a lot of people that reach out to us and they have questions. So uh, we wanted to make sure it was something that we incorporated into our show so that we can hear from you and uh, share with you, you know, our thoughts. Of course, these are all opinions. But um, today's question is from a listener, but it's for you, Mr. Garrison. Uh Uh-oh, let's see. Okay. All right, so the question says, hey, guys, first off, let me say I'm super excited about the podcast and hearing from you guys a lot more. Um, My question is for Malcolm. When you meet somebody or fall in love with somebody so young, so early, Mm. how do you stay loyal and committed to her? Ooh, Uh, good question, good question. I think somebody asked me this before. Um, Honestly, you know, meeting somebody young, if you don't have a certain level of maturity, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can be difficult, but um, just staying loyal. I tell people all the time, it's not love doesn't keep you loyal. Mm-hmm. Love is not going to keep you loyal. Um, you literally have to make a decision, especially when you're married. You make a decision every single day that I'm going to love this person. I'm going to be with this person um, no matter what they've done to me. You know, if, if they piss me off, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you got you to gotta make a decision every single day that I, I'm going to love this person. And flesh doesn't really, really matter at that point. Um, I had a guy ask me this before, like, you know, how do you stay loyal? Um, how you stay loyal this long? And I'm like, man, it ain't love. I tell you that much. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta want to. You're my best friend. Mm-hmm. So the the simple fact of, I could not see myself hurting my best friend mm-hmm. in any particular way, and I have such a respect for you that I feel like that would be the ultimate disrespect mm-hmm. and you know how big i am on respect man it is like top tier top tier that's my thing um i believe in treating people how i want to be treated yeah and especially my spouse mm-hmm. and to think about you know not being loyal to somebody that has always been loyal to me or um i don't want that in return mm-hmm. i don't want that in return that um, it it kind of makes it easy then, but I tell people all the time, love don't keep you loyal. Mm. Uh, your decision to love and to stay loyal does. Damn, that was that was that was heavy. Um, I think I mean another question was for you, but I would definitely agree with a hundred percent of what you said. And I think for me, when you started talking about you know being the best friend, like I wouldn't want to have my spouse also out here looking goofy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like. Um, you know, and I feel like if you're not happy, make those things known. You know what I mean? If there's some areas where you feel like you guys can adjust or grow, communicate those things. I think a lot of times when people get in those spaces where they make those kind of decisions and um, they aren't in favor of the person that they're with is because of lack of communication and their unwillingness to share, whether it it may not be a comment, you know, a, a liked opinion or a liked conversation um, or a comfortable conversation. But I believe that when if more people started to communicate, you could eliminate those aspects of it and feeling like, hey, listen, I need this. Like those times when you said, you know, I communicated that we had to separate business from our marriage mm-hmm. um, so that we can continue to grow as people and grow as a couple and continue to learn each other. You said, I want to make sure I'm learning my wife because you're ever evolving. And so I think what people stop communicating about those things or the places where they are, the things that they want is where you allow room for, you know, the enemy to really kind of play with you. I'll say this. Uh, sometimes men, we, we want, a badge of honor when mm. it comes to like being loyal. Like we want to be like I had a boy, like, you know, I've been loyal to you. I ain't cheat nothing. You know, I ain't out here making you right, crazy. Right, right. We, you know, we, we, we see that as like, why can't that be your character? Mm. And I've always felt like it's not in my character. I'm a loyal person by nature. Yeah, you are. Talk um, to so, it's just it's just not in my character to do something like that. Not saying that you know pe- people that you know they step outside their marriage or whatever it is that um, that they don't have any character. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, 
I know how I want my love reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And I just can't look at you at night knowing I had did something. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just can't do that. And uh, I have way too much respect for you. We, we've grown together. And when you've grown together at a young age to now, it's a little bit different. The, the love hit a little bit different. Yeah, not as fast. The loyalty hit a little bit different. Uh, the respect hits a little bit different. So, I love that. Well, if you want to be featured as one of our uh, Q&A questions that we have on the pod, um, make sure you email so let's talk about it pod at gmail.com and we want to feature you next. So let's let's wrap it up with this. I have a question for you. Um, okay. Knowing what you know now, right? Knowing knowing 29-year-old Malcolm about to be 30, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago i would tell my 19 year old self um find out what you're good what you're good at now like what do you like to do outside of playing basketball Mm -hmm. and i say that because i mean you spend so many years doing one particular thing and you love that one particular thing Mm -hmm. and then at in an instant it's gone it's like that last game in college that's it now you got to figure this thing out like what do you what do you like to do outside of this yeah and if you don't know you kind of you could waste a lot of years especially in college Mm -hmm. you know getting a degree that you might not want to pursue going going outside of that um but you you'll spend a lot of years in limbo trying to figure out like what else am i actually good at Mm -hmm. and what 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 do i want to offer the world um so i would say take take that time seriously and no, if you're not going to the NBA, well, you got to do something. So mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> figure figure out those things um, then. And you don't have to figure it out, but you need to be working on that. Like, I didn't get any internships because I didn't have time. Right. You know, so uh, those are really, really big. That that helps you kind of understand, like, mm-hmm. okay, what what am I good at, get at outside of this? And what do I like to do? And what kind of skill sets do I have um, that, that can offer me an income? Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, we're in that we're in an age, man. That we're, we're going to be talking about this a lot, but the, this world is unforgiving. That's fact. Very unforgiving. Uh, this economy is, and you got you got to find your way. So, I would ask you the same thing. What would you what would you tell your? I think I would tell 19 my nineteen year old self, kind of something similar. You know what I mean? Like I I, I studied music because it's what came easy to me. Um, it was what I had already been doing, but it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to pursue. It was just what I thought I would be good at. Yeah. And so I would tell myself to kind of trust yourself, but expand your horizons. Don't be so afraid of what you don't understand, because it's actually going to prove to be um, one of your greatest assets in life. Because I believe the older I got, I, I got more intrigued with the unknown than afraid of the unknown. And and I would I, I leaned into what I didn't know, um, which actually turned out to be some of the greatest moments of my life, relocating, um, starting a business. Um, and these things started to be some of the greatest parts of my life. And so I would tell my 19 year old self, a hundred percent, don't be afraid to do what you don't know. Um, just because you feel like it'll be easier if you do what you feel like you're comfortable with, start stepping out of the comfort zone earlier so that you can really maximize 
what will be happening to you later on in life and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> That's what I would Yo, definitely oh man, I tell Yo. my 19-year-old self. Oh my There's God. this little thing out there. Uh, it's Bitcoin. And at this point in time in life, it's probably like anywhere Bruh. between 10 to $50. Buy that hoe. Oh, my God. Buy a whole lot of them hoes. You know, my dad knew about it in 2012. Yeah, that's crazy. And he didn't buy it. Man. Yeah. Nineteen or so. Buy Bitcoin. Buy Ooh. country's worth. My God. Man. Because the kind of money Dang. that I was blowing at that time. Yo, you was making so much money. I was. You could have had so many Bitcoin. My God, today. Let's not even. I'd have married you at 20. He would have. Man, what? Golly. You know, but here's the thing 19 year old us could not have, well, not even. When Bitcoin, we could handle it now, but then we would have been absolutely stupid. We probably would have sold. We probably would have. Really early. Yeah. So, um, but definitely 19 year old Brittany by Bitcoin. Yeah. But um, y'all, listen, Here, here's to an incredible journey, an incredible conversation um, where we're going to continue to open dialogue in regards to, you know, really what happens to us as millennials um, as we go through life and have life, life transitions. And we're going to really unpack some stuff um, and, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So you enjoyed this? Like, share, subscribe, join the Patreon. Yes, join the Patreon, and we're going to have some incredible stuff um, for you guys. And uh, if you don't already follow us at uh, at Brittany Denell, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, Denell, D-N-E-L-L-E, and Malcolm underscore Garrison. Y'all, it's two underscores on it. Man, just type in Malcolm Garrison, you'll find me, man. man. <laughs> I'm real easy to find. Real easy to find, real easy to love. Like you said, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend because we're going to impact, uh, impact and unpack a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So let's talk about it. We love y'all. See you soon. See y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.